Hi, Savages. How are you? It's Daddy Jeff. I thought I'd jump on quickly just to uh, do a shout out for our brand new sponsors. Of course, you know and love Boundless Tech. They make all these incredible products that we've been promoting on the podcast for the last few months. We've got the Boundless CF710. We've got the Boundless Terra. These are amazing vapes that I use to smoke flour or oils, distillate, chateau, whatever you like to smoke. You can do it all with their wonderful products that I've got here in front of me. Uh, personally, I like to use the CF710 a lot because I like that shatter, that distillate, that resin, that oil. Um, but if you prefer flour, of course, you can use the Terra. Now, if you want to get 10% off all of those amazing products, just head to Boundless Tech. That's B-N-D-L-S-Tech.com and use the code SAVAGE when you check out. You'll get 10% off all of their products. I can't recommend them highly enough. Like I said, I've been using them for a few months now. It gives you a much cleaner taste. You actually get to taste what you're smoking rather than just burn it. You have different heat options. With the Terra, you can actually decide exactly to the degree whether you want to go all the way up to 432 degrees Celsius or anywhere along that way. It's incredible what this thing does. Um, and the same with the CF710 as well. It has various different settings for different heats that you just touch three times to change the heating. Uh, you can turn them off, turn them on, so they stay in your bag nice and safely, and the charge lasts a ridiculous amount of time for those. Same with our wonderful friends at Manscaped. These are our brand new sponsors. They sent me a lawnmower 2.0, which is an incredible piece of kit designed to basically shave your balls. That's right. Uh, if you're a hirsute gentleman like myself, a little bit hairy from top to bottom, and you like to make your lady enjoy the experience when you take your clothes off rather than go, holy fucking shit what is this wookie looking motherfucker gonna try and do to me in the bedroom well then you need to get yourself a lawnmower 2.0 from the good people at manscaped.com um it's got this skin safe technology which means that it can run across your skin on your nutsack without ever having fear of cutting now i know you're going oh yeah all right jeff yeah we've all heard that we've all tried trimmers before i have tried trimmers before and i stopped using trimmers to use on my downstairs area because i kept nicking myself and hurting myself this is the first piece of kit that doesn't do that it's incredible uh, it's also waterproof it lasts for an hour and a full charge you've got plenty of time to do your balls you could probably trim a few other areas as well ladies and gentlemen if you want to get stuck in there um, make sure you check them out manscaped.com is the website and if you use my code savage at checkout you'll get 20 percent off all of their items not only that you get a free travel bag and also free shipping on all orders so that's right check them out manscaped.com 20% off using code SAVAGE. Get that lawnmower 2.0 and some of their other products to keep your body hair in check. Trust me, you're doing your girlfriend a favor, gentlemen. And also check out Boundless Tech, BNDLS, BNDLS, sorry, tech.com and use code SAVAGE to get 10% off there. All right, let's get into the podcast. <laughs> What's going on, Savages? Welcome to another episode of the Savage Snowflake Podcast with me, Jeff Lynch, your, your friend, your lover, your brother, your sister, your mother, your confidant, your, your teacher, your student, and of course, the guy who'll come over and, and get those hard-to-reach back hairs when you can't pluck them yourself. Joining me today, a wonderful guest, uh, this lady I met in the Westside Comedy Theatre. We've done a few shows there together. Uh, actually, you're the, maybe the second guest, the second woman of colour. <laughs> That I've performed with down at Westside. I had Zara Lee on as well. Oh, I know you guys yeah. do a show together. Um, she's a writer on the Jim Jeffrey Show on Comedy Central, which is obviously a huge hit. She's also written for True TV, various other programs as well. And you can see her performing all over the US at colleges, at live clubs. And of course, right now here on the Savage Snowflake podcast, it's Suba Agarwal. 
Yes. I said it correctly. Did I put on a weird accent? Did I like that. You I put well. some flair on it. Yeah, I like a little Agarwal. Well. well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like as a, a man who understands Asia and South Asia, yeah. which, you know, by the way, Americans, Asia does include India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. This is all part of Asia. They don't know that in America. You're aware of that, right? You're just, oh, yeah. You're just brown here, right? Yeah, if I say I'm Asian, it's very confusing to people. They're like, no, you're not. They're like Tiger Woods. Like they're just <laughs> Tiger Woods level of Asian. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, but uh, yeah, I I feel like I always put a little inflection because I grew up with a lot of friends who were, um, you know, predominantly Indian and Pakistani. Some Bangladeshi friends. Um, no, a little bit of Gujarati. You know. Yeah. I got the skills, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But then I also worried that when I pronounce someone's surname, and do a little. Agarwal, rather than Agarwal, or Ag... How would you say it? Agarwal. Agarwal. So you put a little Agarwal, but then you can say that because you're from a place where you can put a little inflection. (laughs) I'm white as fuck. It's me doing that, like being a guy in a restaurant, being like, excuse me, um, could I please get the the Mexican dish uh, uh, burrito? Is that like me putting a on a bit, weird accent? A little bit. All right, so what should I have said? I should have done it really English. Like, Agarwell. Super Agarwell, mate. That's who she is. And she's a fucking comic. She's from Asia. <laughs> Brown as fuck. Is that better? Oh, yeah, that nailed it. 100%. Okay, yeah. Well, thanks very much for coming in and saying hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's it like working with um, the comedy industry's filthiest man? Jim? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a dirty boy, isn't he? Uh, well, I feel like not more than other people. I think he's more upfront about it. I think yeah. it's the ones that are clean up front and secretly scumbags that you got to watch out. See, I'm glad you said that. I think that's the problem with the industry is that there's not enough Jim Jeffries who are like, hey, yeah, I'll outwardly say, yeah, I stuck something in my fucking ass. And yeah, I like to drink until I puke on my own balls, but I'd never hurt a woman is that guy and I like those guys because they're straight up about their devilish stuff but they're not doing anything illegal right. and then there's the guys who are pretending to be super oh I'm a super ally and I'm I'm really I'm here for you if you need it and then they're slipping something in your fucking drink mm-hmm. I don't know I don't think either of them is like what a feminist wet dream is but like <laughs> really what's yeah. a feminist wet dream I don't know just a normal dude <laughs> you know a normal mean? dude <laughs> A normal dude. That's a fair point. So you're saying like neither neither polar uh, opposites in yeah, either yeah. way. Yeah, okay. But I mean, here's the thing though. What is a normal dude? I would say, you know, just someone who, well, you know, Jim has a particularly large volume of demons that he's gone into in his extensive comedy specials. Sure. I mean, we've all got those demons. It's just oh, yeah, only 100%. some comics, you know, are honest and open about their personal personal ones. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, I don't know. I think somewhere in between. Not the super, not the guy in the beanie wearing an I'm a feminist t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But somewhere in between, I think, is nice. See, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but all men are a bit like that. We're, oh, we're yeah. like, and I'm not saying we're, we're I would like to think the majority of men are decent individuals you know in the same way that I'm sure you think the majority of women are wonderful people right Oh, I think people are kind of. I'm very misanthropic. I'm the wrong. Oh, really? Like when Thanos killed half of the world, I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this guy's. He's onto something. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is mass genocide. That's your outlook of a perfect future. No, I um, I don't know. I don't. I think most people are kind of scumbags in their own way, but we're all doing our best. This is what I'm saying. I think it's a human condition to be a little fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like 
I was talking about this with a friend yesterday, uh, a male friend of mine. We went for a walk and we were talking about his wife and mm-hmm. we were talking about sex and, and sexual proclivities mm-hmm. and, and, and also, um, and also, you know, about uh, kind of current social climate, I guess. Um, but I was saying, I think it's perfectly natural for a man, any red-blooded man, this is how we think. And if any guy says he doesn't think like this, he's a fucking liar. That when you <laughs> see an attractive woman, your instinctual thought in your head is, oh, I really want to fuck that person. Yeah, that's normal. It's normal. That's normal. But then not, you don't yeah. act on it, obviously, because yeah. that would be a shitty thing to do, you know, unless you put in time and effort and there's, you know, consent there. Um, but I think that we all think creepy, weird shit. That's the human condition. Yeah. Women, maybe less so. It's less sexual creepy shit. It's more emotional creepy shit. <laughs> and with men, we're very base and very Neanderthal and it's more sexual creepy shit. I think there's overlap, but for the majority, probably, yeah. Yeah, it's gross generalizations. Um, but then when it comes to comics getting on stage, so many comics pretend like they don't have those those thoughts. Whereas yeah. your comedy, even on your website, it says, you know, this is like relentless honesty. Sometimes <laughs> you even say sometimes maybe too much. Just kidding. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> so tell me about that. What's that What's that relentless honesty that you put um, out on stage? Well, especially when it comes to sex, because I grew up in an environment where it was like, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about reproduction. You don't talk about sex because like my parents were arranged. And like, meanwhile, they're all of the first generation. They were arranged for you as parents. <laughs> you're adopted. Is that what you're saying? No. Their were, marriage was yeah. arranged. Okay. And where are so, they from? Let's get some India. background history. From India, right? Mm-hmm. What part of India? Um, my mom's Rajasthani, and I think my dad is somewhere, some northern Indian. I don't fucking know. I mean, I'd repeat Rajasthani, but I'll have to do it in English. Rajasthani, mate. Yeah. Is that, there you go. To avoid me putting on the accent again. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think that uh, arranged marriages is a is a strange and interesting concept, but one that you know might work in the in the modern age. Yeah, it's not the worst concept. It's like it's it's evolved. It's not what people think it is. It's not like some prince and some child bride and like three horses. It's not. It's like your parents help you pick out a partner sure. based on like family background if like the families have a lot in common similar values it's okay cupid it's just very racially specific (laughs) and also uh, and probably religiously specific as well yeah and it's not the worst idea and it's like okay you're willing to commit to each other like your families meet and it's like your parents i mean they know you they have a good eye did they ever get to meet before they yeah yeah of course and then normally like they meet and they'll hang out for a while and then get married like hang out how long we're talking like for an hour, do you know what I mean? Go for an ice cream <laughs> no, and shit. Like, talking... like a, probably a year, I would say. Maybe. Oh, okay. So they were given a chance to form a loving relationship, relationship yeah. or at least some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, romantic connection before yeah, they... Yeah, because like, at least from what my mom believes, I want to say, is like love fades. Like what she thinks Americans see at love fades. Mm. And it's like a different type of like working love is what they look for. It's like a partner. It's almost like a business to them. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I think there's some truth to it. I still think it's like, as a, you know, a romantic artist, I would like to think that that kind of being just swept up in someone. I know that that initial um, passionate love. You you just moved in with your boyfriend. Yeah, he says I'm not romantic at all. He's like, you don't have a romantic bone in your body. I just, I think efficiency. You're like, motherfucker, what's your earning rate each year? How are you going to provide? What kind of health insurance you got? How are we splitting this rent? Like, I was supposed to pick him up from the airport, but I was, like, running late. And I was like, oh, it'll be faster if you just take a cab to me. And he was pissed I didn't show up. And I was like, who gives a fuck? And he's like, the romance. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> romance. Yeah. Nah, he just wanted a lift. He just didn't want to pay 50 bucks to get from the airport to your house. <laughs> 
See, how do your parents feel about your relationship? Is he is he an Indian guy? No, he's white. Oh shit! <laughs> fucked up. They don't care that much anymore. Not with me. <laughs> well, they've given up yeah. hope for you. Mm-hmm. They're like, she's a comic. All right, fuck it. We can start. <laughs> white boyfriend. Oh my god. All right, fuck it. On to the child number two. <laughs> how many siblings you got? Just one. All right, so there's a lot of pressure riding on that sibling now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's successful. He's got a PhD in electrical engineering. Perfect. Perfect Indian yeah. child. Yeah, 100%. And what's his... Uh, he's got a partner? Yeah, he's going to get married in July. To a... Indian girl. Yeah! Number one. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Sapan. Sapan. Mm-hmm. Sapan. Fucking nailing it, bruv. Keeping the happy <laughs> family happy. Whereas Sua... Fucking up. Yeah. I mean, but then having great success in your career as well. Yeah, I mean, I think things are fine now. I think there'll be problems later. <laughs> I fucking love talking to comics on this podcast because I, I always try and, you know, uh, lord them for their, their achievements and, you know, big them up for the things they're doing amazing. And every single one of them is always just like, yeah, well, I guess right now it's, I guess, yeah, but it's good. <laughs> like, you've got to enjoy the moments where you're succeeding. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to work on that. Yeah. I'm, I feel like you are the one of the most interesting choices because I've seen you do stand-up and your stand-up is very... Uh, very revealing, very direct. You don't fuck around. You, you know, you got some really acerbic cutting lines there, which I like. It's, it's great, great wit, a very sharp wit. But, um, but also because if I had to go, all right, what kind of comic would end up writing with someone like Jim Jeffries for his TV show? My f- initial, maybe slightly, uh, slightly um, two dimensional outlook would be definitely not you. <laughs> 100% not you. Like, that's weird. That's like putting a, I don't know, a, a fucking a priest and a whore together. And you're the priest in that situation. To, uh, you know, to create a business. Whereas, that's all right. That's all right. You can pick don't. it up. Don't worry. Oh, a picture of your boyfriend. He's a very handsome chap. Um, I mean, the wrong color, but he's a handsome white travesty. That's what he is. But then I also think that there's something beautiful about juxtaposition of comedy, right? Do you find that you add a level to Jim Jeffries' humor and his show that would be lacking if it was an extension of what he's already put out? Um, I think I'm helpful, especially when he needs to talk about like <laughs> the Me Too movement. Like if that's in the news, definitely good to have a woman or two in the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just to be like, I mean, like he. You're like a firewall. You're like a human <laughs> firewall. He's like, yeah, right now, like- listen. What we're going to do is we're going to do a fucking him too thing. We're going to celebrate men. And then we're going to do a sketch where I get date raped, drugged by Bill Cosby. And you're like, this is not the route we should be going. Well, I wouldn't say you would go full Tucker Carlson, but I think. No, no, never go full Tucker Carlson. Never go full Tucker. No, go half mass Tucker. <laughs> I kind of thought about it, but couldn't do anything because, you know, not a full on scumbag. What's the... um? What's the uh, the writing room like at Jim Jeffries? Is it a big group of you or? Uh, yeah, I think there's about eight of us now, so it's a decent amount. Is it intimidating? Uh, I mean, intimidating in what sense? Like intimidating. You're writing with you know uh, a you're obviously you know blossoming and, and doing very well in your career, but like myself, you know we're still new on the circuit out here. I'm starting to do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. And um, however. Jim Jeffries is obviously, you know, has been established for a couple of decades as, you know, a, a, a sort of headlining act. Mm-hmm. And obviously on a big show like that, as your as one of your uh, biggest jobs to date, that would be quite, I imagine, a little bit like, oh, God, I've got to make sure I've got to be funny every time I walk into this room. Oh, no, I don't feel that at all. I 
mean, Jim is just so uh, Jim that it kind of puts you at ease. Like he came into the room wearing swim shorts one day. Okay. So it's not like it's hard to be like, oh, shit, I got to impress Jim when Jim is just Jim. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are we talking Speedos? <laughs> no. Uh, like short. Board shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cop out. That's a cop out. <laughs> but it was just hilarious because it's not like you're not like, oh, shit, I got it. I mean, obviously you want to be funny and it's just it's more of like a natural organic feeling. It's not like, oh, this is my like I don't when he enters in the room, my first thought is and I was like, oh, this is my boss. I got to straighten up. It's like, no, you're like, a- why the fuck is he wearing swim, swim shorts, shorts yeah. to work? Yeah, so I don't want to like- see those upper thighs. I don't need to see that. <laughs> But it's like, I work better in that environment. I don't work well when people are like, you have to do this, this, and this, and this. And they like try to, like that top chef type mentality where they try to crack down on you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's like, I don't do well. I do well when people are nice to me, you know? See, I want, I want, a, I think I need a, like a, a Gordon Ramsay of comedy. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want Jim Jeffries to walk through the door. I always romantically thought he'd walk through the door, kicks the door open. He's in swim shorts, but they're speedos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like one testicle is popping out the side of it. He knows that. He prepped that beforehand, but he's doing it just to test you. And he comes in and like you show him, oh, well, we've got some ideas for maybe this could be a good segment. And he flips a table and just, fuck the fuck you doing? Like that and storms around. No, he's lovely. And under that pressure, you work <laughs> 10 times as hard for him. There was one time there we heard an ice cream truck outside, but it turned out not to be an ice cream truck. And Jim wanted ice cream, so he just bought the entire room macaroon ice cream and it was the greatest thing what you what kind of ice cream <laughs> macaroon ice cream sandwiches macaroon ice cream but where from somewhere else yeah ordered it in mm-hmm. i mean he's got he's got macaroon ice cream money though hasn't he? yeah he does that's like the least if he bought you all a car <laughs> be fucking awesome yeah i'd be well impressed <laughs> but ice cream come on that's that he, he the least he should do is buy a round of snacks for his writers <laughs> uh and how much of your stuff like because I, I, you know, I've never written on a. Mm. I've written on TV shows, but I've written for. Uh, I've been like lead writers on TV mm. shows where, like, clip shows and things like that, where yeah. I'm literally just writing seven hundred jokes about car crashes, yeah. which is makes you want to kill yourself, <laughs> or makes me want to kill myself. But I've never been in a room with a team of writers. Mm. Um, is there? Is there like a hierarchy? Is there? A, is there a? Well, this person's worked on a few really huge series, so they kind of have status above me or for ideas or um, is it very even i think it's pretty even like we all pitch it's like um i don't know if you have an idea that you're really passionate about you can push it have it's you ever not. had uh an idea that you would have loved to have had on the show or a segment a skit maybe just a one-liner whatever it is uh they were just like we can't we can't do it well, I've had things that just like either got cut for time that were like, you know what I mean? Or they decided to do a different piece that week. Like, I think there are pieces I've written uh, with other people that still haven't been on the show, but are yeah. on like the back burner or whatever. They're in that. They're in the vault. Yeah. But never anything where you've written something and they've gone, Suba, that's just like, that's too much. Like, we can't. Uh, oh, well, for my specific voice. Yeah, for sure. Probably once a day. Or it's oh, really? <laughs> or it's like, what is this joke? <laughs> What like what like what was it? Um, well, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything in specific, but yeah, I mean, I get jokes cut all. I'm the really time. glad I, I led us down that path then to uh, try and draw out the comedy well, of there uh, was... <laughs> your most offensive concepts. Well, when I was writing for True TV, the writers called me uterine cancer for a couple of months because on my first day, we had to make jokes about celebrities, and I didn't know anything about this lady, so I Googled her, and she had uterine cancer, so I wrote a joke about uterine cancer. Nice. Who was it? Uh, Fran Drescher. And they were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't fucking, I don't know anything about her. And everyone yeah. had done all the classic nanny jokes, so I like, went I didn't give cancer. her the cancer. But like, 
Yeah, for, so for like for like a couple of months, I was called uterine cancer. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's not the best nickname. No. But it's you know it's I mean it's memorable, right? It is. I'm gonna get uh, novelty license plates for my new car. Yeah, it's quite a status. That's quite a status title to have. <laughs> Uterine cancer, Suba. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, oh, she's got this killer, man. Her cancer stuff is just fucking top notch. But every now and then, I can go a bit too dark. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you um, self-moderate? And this is for as a stand-up. How do you self-moderate and go? All right, I've gone way too fucking um, deep down this pit. It's not. It's more of like I'm just gonna write what I think is fun, and sometimes. I've written things where I'm like, that's not going to get picked. And it's just for me because I think it's funny and then it'll get picked. Like, I think that's more of like the head writer's job to like go through the jokes and decide what he thinks works. Sure. So I think at your job, you have to have fun, like regardless of what you're doing or you'll go insane. So sometimes even if I'm like, oh, there's no way. If I think it's funny or it amuses me, I might still check it in. Yeah. And then like provide a couple of alts or something. But yeah, I'm still going to put in a fucked up joke if I like it. Now that's on the show, but in your own personal comedy. Right. There's a point sometimes where, you know, I've had it and I'm sure you have where you write a bit and it's funny and then you tell it on stage and it's so dark that people kind of almost go, they're like, I don't know if I can even laugh at this. I'll spend like a week or two trying to find a way to soften it and then if I still can't get it across, I might drop it. Yeah. Have you ever just gone, fuck it, this is funny to me? There's like one joke where sometimes it'll get that reaction. Oh yeah, what's the joke? Uh, well, I don't want to tell you. It's just about. Um, Why don't you want to tell me? Why well, am I going to tell you a joke to your face? That's weird. Yeah, tell me a joke. I'll pretend like we're in. Aud- <laughs> I'm an audience. I'll pretend like I'm an LA audience. Oh, oh my god, that. I love this girl. I saw her on TV. Okay, <laughs> make me laugh. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. The worst. No, it's just about. You can tell me the premise, can't you? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's about like uh, a homeless dude calling my brother a terrorist, uh, calling him Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, if anything, we'd be ISIS, and I'm like, you should be more up to date. You're homeless. Your house is a newspaper. That's <laughs> that's a funny gag. It's funny, but it, I get that it is a little bit like the target is a homeless dude, but I'm like, but he's also a racist homeless. So does yeah, that exactly. And did that actually that? happen? Um, yes. For the purpose of the joke, yes, no, it, it did. did. Uh, well, I didn't say your house is a newspaper to his face. I thought of that later, but yeah, I was shocked. It was in uh, San Francisco, and my brother didn't even register to him. Like we were just walking by, and some homeless dude was like Al Qaeda, and I was like, oh god. You know, I mean, that was probably mental health, right? It's probably just like kind of one hundred. Oh yeah, when you, I used to volunteer an Alzheimer's patient in home. I don't think that shit makes you racist. I think it unleashes the racism you would have tucked away. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean, yeah, absolutely. I think there's probably quite a lot of, quite a lot of uh, both um, well-intended, friendly, light-hearted yeah. racism between friends who are of different colors who are fighting in a war together, yeah. and then also some really hardcore hatred racism in yeah the, in like the i i saw just like fucked up right when i was working in the alzheimer's uh in home like they would just just come out to me and be like in my day you had to wait outside to watch the movie like, they would just, <laughs> <laughs> like, they that's, a, even... that's hilariously mean but also adorable i know but it wasn't even said with malice it was yeah. just like huh like, oh like, back in my day Shuba, <laughs> you would have had to clean my shoes <laughs> and now you've got your own job that's really, it. Yeah, yeah. Funny, but... Have you ever wanted to punch an old person in the face? Because I mean, like that's. Um, no, there was one really weird incident where I thought it. I mean, every time it's so dumb to me. I don't know that I've. There've been a couple where it's like pissed me off, but a lot of the times it's just so dumb. It's funny. Like I was reading a book on the train, and this guy started throwing uh, 
I think it was like pretzels or popcorn at me. And he goes, you can't read. You can't read. Like he started yelling, you can't read at me. He's like, what are you going to do? Get a job, maybe librarian. That's the most money you'll make. And he kept throwing pretzels at me. I was like, what the fuck is this? I mean, this? I don't even know if that guy was racist. He just sounds like he was mental or hated, just hated everyone. It was, I, it was something specifically about he thought I couldn't read because I was brown. But uh, okay. I can't remember exactly what he said. But it was just really funny that he was upset that I was reading. I was Clearly like, doesn't know the Asian race. Holy, uh, I know. They're pretty good at reading. In fact, <laughs> schooling is pretty, education is pretty high on the list of things that you can do, right? That's the that's the funniest part to me when people are trying to be racist to me, but they don't have my race right. I was yeah, like, yeah. all right, buddy. <laughs> you know? Well, what have you had so far? You must get you must get some kind of South American every now and then. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes people will either mix me up with Mexican or South. I think South American quite a bit. Yeah. And, and there's then, overlap. I mean, I see that. brown. That's the, that's the blanket <laughs> term they use for everything. Yeah. That always confused me because this is we're living in a in a in a right now in this I, I I'm not gonna say faux woke but I'm gonna say like just the concept of being woke I don't like <laughs> yeah. because it suggests that you suddenly need to wake up to ideologies now in my world if you were raised correctly by your parents and you were educated and you grew up around people of different races. You don't need to wake up to anything. I'm already aware that when I walk into yeah. a store, my black friends get followed around and I don't. Like, I know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, or vice versa, my, all my Asian friends growing up, you know, I know they get called like, oh, packy boy and stuff like that. I, guess mm. I saw that day to day. But the idea of woke, I think, I'm not saying it's faux woke, but there is an element, a little bit of America being super progressive right now. And yeah. yeah, they still call, t- like carpet blanket call everyone from Southeast Asia brown <laughs> and that also includes like like mexican people and shit like that as well to some extent do you know what i mean it's kind of it's like if you're gonna be woke learn geography first of all <laughs> is that fair is that fair like come on america i don't know brown never bothered me really because you grew up here yeah see like in england if if like a if like a, a an asian person who was born and brought up in england mm. came to america and heard they were called brown they'd be like what really oh that's what yeah i go like actually i'm indian i'm indian i'm (laughs) not so funny brown like people get mad if you call them indian here like this generation um i'd say like it's 50 50 when i'm talking to people in a crowd like if there's an indian dude who has like indian features i'll be like indian you'd be like i'm from iowa indian you'd be like "Uh, excuse me i prefer privately school educated (laughs) thank you very much not indian yeah it's like chill like i i'm not gonna fucking quiz you on, like, the tenets of Hinduism. I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm just asking, you know? No, you're practicing Hindu? Mm-mm. I wouldn't say practicing. Rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> A rehearsing Hindu. Rehearsing, yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Like, Halloween, I'll dress up as Vishnu. I mean, like, <laughs> it's pretty dope. Um, I think uh, religion is an interesting one. Uh, Hindu, Hindu is maybe slightly more aligned with, you know, the, uh, at least for this audience a lot of the american viewers you know a lot a lot more like uh it's more aligned with the kind of tenets of buddhism or something like that mm-hmm. in terms of you know trying to find a level of um what's it called uh, uh enlightenment, enlightenment mm-hmm. and you know the, the the meditative qualities having lots of different entities that represent different things they're not necessarily one all-powerful being that overlooks everything but um but yeah i, I, I still think Organized religion, man, is a little bit of a... No, I'm um, agnostic, lean atheist. And I don't necessarily agree with Hinduism because it's like, you're supposed to like give up all these worldly things to... You fucking love beef burgers. <laughs> no, 
Oh, God, no. I do like chicken, though. But um, to reach, like, a neutral state, you know, so there's no highs, but there's also no lows. Like, you're not supposed to have attachments. It's kind of, that's the same, similar with Buddhism. Like, it's peace. You're looking for peace. But I'm like, I'll take the lows if it means having highs. Like, you know, and, like, my mom always says that with relationships in American dating. She's like, yeah, but then you get heartbroken. I'm like, yeah, but then you get over it, pussy. Like, grow and up. you learn you know? lessons. You get <laughs> so, wisdom from it, yeah. It's like, yeah, there are highs when you deal with the lows, but the highs are fun. Why would you not want that? Like I'm supposed to be dad, chill the whole they time. They love each other. Yeah, they do. Is it is that a res like a love in terms of like a respect love, or do you think it's like a passion? Like, have you ever heard your mum and dad just fucking no going at it? Absolutely not. Middle of the afternoon, you're like, oh my god, I think mum and dad are boning upstairs. No, I think my mom thinks uh, sex is for reproduction. I don't think she she's pretty religious in that respect. If I had to guess, really, mm. I feel kind of bad for your dad. <laughs> I don't know. They're raised in a different culture. Sure. But still, like, I mean, you know, he's still just a red-blooded man. <laughs> I don't know. They seem fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you really enjoy me talking about oh, yeah, your parents' 100%, sex life. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm interested because, look, my mum and dad, we'll flip it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's good to talk about these things openly. My mum and dad had um, a very enjoyable beginning of their relationship but they were wrong for each other mm. and they stayed together and they got through things and they had kids and they didn't really want to be together, mm. but they stayed together because of kids because they're that old school generation. So that's right. another entity of being of a certain generation, a certain place where you do mm. certain things in the same way your parents did, you know, um, being Indian and ha- that that's just the way they yeah. would form a relationship. But my, my mum was very asexual. She doesn't care about sex. We we're always very open to talk about it. Um, but my dad, I know my dad really just wanted to get his dick sucked every now and then. <laughs> no, but he did. Yeah. And he deserved to get his dick sucked. He should have <laughs> divorced my mum, or my mum should have divorced him mm. earlier than they did, 25 years earlier. Yeah. And she should have gone off and found a, an amazing man who just wants to go to the theatre with her. Basically, she needed a gay best friend. <laughs> That's what she wanted. Someone to go to the theatre with every weekend. Yeah. Who would, who would uh, you know eat lovely food with her and talk about opera and film and theatre and literature and just be around her and cuddle her. She yeah. would have loved that and she deserved that. And my dad deserved to get his dick wet. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They needed it. Is there ever, do you ever see like a little, like a sad sparkle in your dad's eye where you're like, oh, he just really needs to, he really needs a little bit of, you know, sweet fucking Ugh, gross. No. <laughs> Is it? Come on, they're people. Uh, barely. Um, no, I don't know. My dad was, like, very mysterious. Like, he never really talked about... Uh, he very rarely talked about anything very serious. Very mysterious, you mm. say, as well. All right, so he could be going to a massage place or something. No. No? I don't think so. I think um, the culture is pretty intense. But but come on, like again, like this is you know, and again, this is not like indicative of uh, of all young Indian men, but they're they're a very sexualized group of people, um, you know, because it's almost repressed slightly. There's a lot of you know, well, there's a lot of sexual assault in in uh, in well, a lot of Southeast Asian. Well, that has more to do with women rising to power. Sure. Um, and just how quickly that demographic shift is happening. So yeah. that's why you see such a a high volume especially in the cities um now where it's like you know guys feel powerless and they're not ready to accept women having equal power so that's one way to put 
uh, to that gender in their put place. their power yeah. on, over them is to is to assault mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and like and that's coupled with a system that hasn't really been taking care of women or policing that properly. So yeah. things are getting better. So there's definitely reasons because um, like that assault is always more about power than it is about sex. So sure, that's I think not an expert, but that's what I think. Like uh, that's been going on there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's not like, it's like Catholics too. Anytime you repress sex, it's going to get weird and stronger. You know, it's I like, think a- you should buy your mom and dad like a nice night out for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I think, think they're you should fine. Get, book them a little honeymoon suite. Come on. You got Jim, Jim, Jeffrey's money now. <laughs> they have, book they them. can, they can book their own shit. They're it's fine. not about them doing it. They'll never do it. Suba, they you know go that. on vacation a lot. Come on. <laughs> you got to book them the honeymoon suite at a sandals resort somewhere. You gotta like have phone the concierge and be like, "Listen, I want to pay for a nice bottle of champagne." Or do they don't do they drink? They don't drink. <laughs> my dad drinks. My mom doesn't. Okay, nice bottle of something for dads. <laughs> Get some beautiful juices, fresh juices on the side. You know, it could be a bottle of champagne and ice in a bucket of ice, and some nice fresh juices, some grapefruit juice and shit like that. <laughs> you know, cranberries freshly squeezed in the fucking ice thing, and then just like some condoms and some lube. <laughs> Maybe a toy. Maybe a toy for mum. Mum, mum deserves a toy. You know. And that's it. Boom. And just let just let them see what happens. I think that's the fastest way to get disowned is for me to do that to my mom. Wow. This is so interesting that you've come from because I'm I'm pushing on this a little bit because I think like who our parents are shapes us so mm-hmm. so hugely. It's such a, a massive impact on who we are. And it's clear that obviously your parents, like, you know, as you as you s- said, had quite a, a stoic, serious you know, maybe upbringing and kind of expectations of how relationships are formed and how they exist, etc. But then you're incredibly Western in your yeah. in your in your outlook, and and whilst you obviously have the cultural adept nature of being an Indian girl who has those experiences in that culture as part of her identity, you're very Western acting. You're becoming a stand-up comedian is literally the furthest from yeah. an, a stoic Indian family's 100%. wet dream of what your job would be. <laughs> Going and becoming a stand-up, talking about your personal life, revealing things, making these these kind of very caustic, edgy witticisms about the world and about yourself and about life. Oh, they absolutely hate it. Like they would even say, like they're like, "Look, other Indian kids do the stuff you do, but why do you have to say it?" That would be like my mom would say that shit because she knew like other Indian girls were going around dating, having sex. Well, that's about like, shame, though, isn't it? That's about yeah. the shame of other worrying other people are going to see you saying these things and go oh well you know suba is not a good girl have you yeah, seen her yeah. on tv she was talking about sex publicly that's literally what it is yeah. and to me that's so stupid it's like if you're embarrassed and you're lying about who you are like you're causing damage you're causing shame of things that are natural and not hurting anyone yeah. so that's why i've always been super vocal about everything fucked up i've been doing or that i have done because it's like i know what it's like to sit there and have to hold a double identity and feel like your own family your own community won't love you for who you are as a whole person sure. and that's not a good feeling and it's that's- not a nice feeling i have mm-hmm. a similar elements for similar like again not necessarily like my whole family judging me although actually my english side of my family don't get on with me at all. They don't, don't, <laughs> most of them don't like me anymore. Uh, that was about Brexit. I got quite upset when they all voted a particular way, you know. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, not, not the liberal way. Yeah. Um, and I also, um, but I also think there's, a, there's an element of, it must have been, there must have been a breaking moment where you went, I'm not going to live by the prescribed route that is expected of me well i was always that way since i was you know how some people just have certain personalities like you can see it in them from when they were a kid yeah. i was always kind of an antagonist you had a uh, nirvana hoodie <laughs> no, 
it's just like if they told me to do one thing I was off doing the other like I was kind of a nightmare as a kid and I always kind of had that uh spirit in me for whatever you reason you will have sex with an Indian boy <laughs> bang white boyfriend done <laughs> I wasn't, look, I tried to date Indian guys for a while. It's just, there's a lot fewer of us and a lot fewer of them who are willing to date a non-traditional Could have fucked like Neil girl. Nander or something, right? Because he's a comic. <laughs> he's a comic though, but he's still, you know, he's still Asian. He's still like, I you know. I would never do that to poor Neil. No, to poor Neil. I'm sure Neil would, I, I imagine, would, would, would jump through hoops to go on a date with you. But what I'm saying is like, you know, then he could have ticked all the boxes, right? You've got a progressive Western outlook man in your life, but... But it's like it's very rare to find that type of guy. And it's like I'm not I'm never somebody's put a lot of time into my personal life. San Francisco (laughs) tech industry. Yeah, that's actually that was funny that was one of, one of my uh, brother's friends like his female friends was like you gotta move here there's so many guys here and I'm like yeah. I'm good <laughs> like, no thank you every guy in San Francisco is a multi-millionaire tech industry startup business owner and they all have smoking hot Asian girlfriends predominantly <laughs> Japanese Chinese Korean yeah but you know sexy brown girls get a good looking <laughs> as well if I if I ever wanted to get myself, you know, I, well, actually I'm dating a girl who's a woman of color. But if I was, you know, <laughs> trying to hook up with a super smoking Asian girl, I'd go to San Francisco and just start an app. <laughs> It'd be called Help My Asian Parents Get Laid dot com app. And basically, what it is is it matches, you know, like minded Asian couples who are maybe in their forties, fifties, sixties to like meet. And there's a bowl, and everyone puts the keys in the bowl. And then at the end of the night, they judge each other's cars. And whoever <laughs> thinks they're worthy of fucking, then they just, they bone in the back of the car. It's like a dogging site, basically. But, yeah. But a little bit more organized, you know. I'm looking for an investment. <laughs> 30,000. If you've got, you got the startup capital, we can make this a reality. Let's go to San Francisco. Let's do this, you know. You, you fucking hate everything I'm saying. Right oh, 100 I'm just like... No, I, you know what it is, is that because I'm trying to talk to you like I'm trying to crack, crack fucking wise with you as the comic that I know you are. Yeah. But I, it's interesting that because I, now that I've gone down the route of talking about your family and your parents, <laughs> I can feel you just being like, they might watch this. I try to be a little respectful to them because they're so like private and serious. You know okay. what I mean? So like I do my best. We're not giving to... their social security numbers or address. <laughs> I know, but I like to be respectful of them. So I'm like I can at least throw them that bone, you know. I mean, listen, Suba's <laughs> mum, you need to let your husband throw you a bone. That's what I'm saying. Look, I don't know what they do, so they could. What? Right now, this is another thing that I've heard, and this is mm-hmm. it could be just be you know internet. Um... Oh shit, they're here. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> they could be. It could be. That's pretty close. Well, hang on a sec. Talking about that, you had a SWAT team outside your building the other I day. did. We were meant to record this yesterday. Yeah. And you phoned me up in the afternoon, saying a little shaken. <laughs> I was a little worried about you because you were like, um, there's SWAT outside my building and they said there's a man with a gun. Yeah. And I was like, stay inside. Don't leave. <laughs> Please don't come over here to do a podcast. That would be, I mean, if you had come and done the podcast episode and then gone home and got shot. That would be great for numbers, <laughs> great for viewing figures. I'm not going to lie. I, um, I wouldn't have wished that on you, but her it could last, have been it could have been a blessing. Her last but, words were, "Maybe my parents do fuck." That was where my well, you last know what would have happened. Put is that on my at your, We would have played segments of this <laughs> at your funeral, and your parents would have watched it and gone, "Tuana Suba, we're going to have the most romantic weekend ever." And then they just like <laughs> fucking go ham. The positions they would have done in your oh, own Oh, God. They would have made a new baby. 
This is such a nice setup. Why do you want me to vomit all over it? I don't. <laughs> well, here's the, all right. Here's the deal. What I was going to say is that uh, you, you had this SWAT team outside. Was there any kind of uh, anything happened with that? Did you? Did you? Um, I don't think they found the guy. Eventually, like they ran dogs through our building. Like I didn't go out to look at it. My nice. boyfriend went out to look at it. I don't want to be around anywhere where there might be a gun. I listened to too many like murder podcasts, so I was definitely. I'm already a jumpy person. Right. Like my boyfriend, it'll you just don't seem remotely relaxed. I got to say today. I'm very, I'm very like nervous and almost on edge. So like, yeah. it'll just be me and my boyfriend in the apartment, and he'll put his hand on my shoulder, and I'll be like, ah, and I'll like grab it. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm like a shelter dog. Like I just, I'm constantly also, on edge. white man, you know, the white <laughs> oppressor. Let's be honest. Every time he puts your hand, his hand on your shoulder, you're like, is this a declaration of love or is he about to hit me? Is he colonizing my heart? Colonizing, um, yeah, your heart. Sure, that's what he's colonizing. Surely, if you're isn't colonization the injection of your own self into people who don't necessarily want it? There, don't know if you can do that to someone's heart. Can you? Yeah, you can actually. I've had sure, people, you could. Yeah, I've had people inject themselves into my heart, and then I didn't want them there, and then I realised why later when they tore it out as they left. Colonizers. Colonization. Yeah, that's what relationships are. They're just miniature colonizations. Colonial, colonial love. Oh wow. Yeah. All right, yeah, that's but another thought. I'm super jumpy and like I was just screaming. Like like you know, like I walked down the hallway and I turned the corner, it was just some poor guy in the staircase and I just went, Jesus Christ, right in his face. Like I was just yelling at people and I felt so bad. Especially if it happened to be a person of color. I'm like, I swear to God, this isn't what you think it is. I'm crazy. I do oh, this wow. to my boyfriend. You know so what you're I mean? like a dog, you like bark at black people. And white people, but the black people don't know that. You know what I mean? It's like every people. You could be a tiny woman and I would scream at you. I'm so so scared. <laughs> Why are you so jumpy? Um, I've just always been kind of, I think it does come from having like immigrant parents that like will hit you if you fuck up, you know, where it's like if I heard my mom yell, I knew I was in trouble. So like since I was a kid, um, I had, I think, I think there is some OCD type tendencies in my family. Okay. Um, so like loud noises would freak me out. Like it wouldn't even be, my mom wasn't abusive or violent or crazy, but it's like, I would hear that loud noise and know I was in trouble. So I would jump. And then when I went to school, kids realized that about me. And as soon as they realized that I had this little tick, a million times worse. Like kids would hide around the corner and jump, jump. out. Yeah. And scream my name and shit. So it became this ingrained tick. And like, it used to be really bad. It used to be to the point where I was like a fainting goat. Like I would get so scared I would fall over. So, you know, that was like hell on Are earth. Are you okay? Yeah. If you need help, just blink twice. If someone, who's hurting you? Can you <laughs> just blink twice if you need? <laughs> oh, it was just one. Oh no, there's the second one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. But, oh, and I do technically have a little PTSD. I think like a therapist was like, I think you have PTSD. And I was like, maybe. Um, do you mind saying from what? Oh, yeah. Nothing happened. But like a Glad guy followed it. me into my building and I had to fight him. And so like it that, fucked. By the way, that's something happening. <laughs> but like you didn't get anything. I uh, fought enough for him to leave. But and he didn't hit me. It was more like he was trying to push me out of the ground. And I was like pushing him off and like trying to fight. So he him. was trying to sexually assault you. I'm assuming. I don't think he just wanted to cuddle. <laughs> But like, it's <laughs> that'd be awkward. A string. Hug me. A string you know. of violent cuddling has been seen in the Los Angeles area. Yeah. No, this was in New York. This wasn't Astoria, but it. Um, yeah, no one hugs in New York. But it did fuck me up a little bit. Like I couldn't play video games where like you had to walk down dark alleys. Like my brain, like that was the weirdest shit. Like even as a character, I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, being physically assaulted um, by anyone is gonna scare the shit out of you. And it's well, gonna he punched you. me. It was fine. But like, no, but he physically assaulted you. Yeah. Like, grabbing a woman you don't know. And trying to 
to push her to the ground is physically assaulting someone. I did get a solid joke out of it, though. Did you scratch his fucking eyes out, I hope? No, I wasn't... Then I wasn't trained in fighting. I've taken a little bit. Not great, but I've taken a little bit now. It was like, in my head... It was like I was just trying to push him away and I didn't want to hit him or scratch him because I was scared it was going to make him angry and then he would hit me, which isn't the smartest way to go about that. Now, it would have been a palm straight up to the nose into your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or actually but, just kick, a, if you can, just kick him in a fucking bollocks. See, that's what my joke is about. I think he was too heavy set for me to be able to hit. What, the gut? His his gut was hanging over his penis. I think that's what happened because it was either that or he was he was super fucked up. So I don't know if he was just so high he couldn't feel it. But that was the scariest thing to kick a dude in the dick and have him yawn. I was like, you kicked him in the dick. I what I think was his dick. Do you know I'm where like, the dick is? Yes, I do. Okay, all right, I'm just checking. I was like, that's where it should be. This should not be the response. He fucking yawned. I was like, oh, I'm fucked. You know? He was bored by it? I don't know what was happening. Yeah, that old trick. They it always was, try that one. It Little was do you know I'm wearing a cup. Shocking. He was like, I think I do think he was on some serious like drugs or booze or whatever the fuck. And he was a big dude, fat dude. He was big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could say fat. It's all yeah. right. He was fat, was he? <laughs> yes, he was. And to the level where his gut was hanging over his penis like yeah. some kind of protective shell. I think so. He wasn't like super overweight though, so I don't know if it was that. I think it may like have been like a rapey tortoise, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But it was yeah, that like that fucked me up. It made me like I was already super jumpy from being Did he get arrested in my childhood. No, they never found him. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Also, fucking not for nothing, but New York cops. If it makes did you feel better. Every time I see like a creepy looking fat dude out now, I'm just gonna go out and punch him <laughs> in the face. Just hey, how do you feel about attractive brown girls? <laughs> Yeah, I love them. One straight to the fucking nuts. <laughs> no, I, they I didn't. They didn't find him. Um, but it was um. So that made me extra jumpy on top of already having of course, been a terrifying. jumpy person. And I don't know. My therapist was like, "I think you have PTSD." And then like they didn't accept my insurance, or they lost the paperwork, and then I got bored and I never went back. So I don't know if I do or don't. American but. healthcare, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> looking after women who've been you know assaulted by strangers in their own fucking apartment buildings. But. One step at a time. That's crazy, isn't it? But yeah, no. So I think like that contributes to why I'm so jumpy. And after, I don't know if it was because of that, but closely to that, I became obsessed with true crime. And so it's like all day I listen to like murder. You went down the rabbit hole, I know. didn't you? Yeah, I just constantly listen to murder. So I'll get out of my car after having just listened to some like or watched the Ted Bundy documentaries where about him like luring some woman into his van. And then my poor neighbor is coming down the staircase and I'm like, holy shit. Your handsome neighbor who looks like like Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I I didn't even know how handsome he was. You think he's handsome? Yeah, I've seen the photos. You know, oh, they, God. There was, I only knew about it because there was these um, there were these uh, uh, people going, oh, Zac Efron is too attractive to play Ted Bundy and blah he blah blah. He is. No, they look very similar. Have you seen oh, the photos no, you're side by out side? Out of your mind. Here's there there is. Some... I'm not out of my mind. I'm going to bring up the photos right now. <laughs> I will fight you, Super. Well, I mean, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I'm going to follow you into your apartment building and fight you. Um, I'm not going to do that. I regret saying that. I'm so sorry. I don't want to be the reason your PTSD gets way worse. That's hilarious. Zac Efron looks um, looks really good as Ted Bundy. There were some photos where Ted Bundy did look good looking, but then there were other ones where it was like, Ew. And he was meant to be quite charming as well. There look, was somewhere Look at he... that one. Look at that one. That's the only good one. Nah, nah, not true. This, no, no, is, no. this is not even an image that I'd seen before. There was way more side by sides. And he looks 
really good as Ted Bundy. Like when he's in the in the bow tie. Dude, if you the watch thing. the uh, documentary, you'll see some photos where he looks like the like, general look, manager. He doesn't, he doesn't look like he does, he's not far off. He's not far he's off. He's not terrible. I'm not saying Ted Bundy. I'm not saying I'd right swipe. I'm just saying he, that he's an LA six at least. I don't think he aged well either. No, but look at him. Look, look he's not. He's not. He's an LA six, mate. Ted Bunny's in LA six, maybe even a seven. Oh no, you're crazy! Hold on, hold on. Let me find. There's like one photo. No, look, he's arrest photo. Look how fucking. Come on. That's the only. I'd do photo. the cavity search on that guy. <laughs> nah, look, I'm keep finding more and more one. photos. Look at this. But he's not like unha- Bear in mind, this is the seventies as well. You know, you take the take the hair, like update the hair, blah 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 blah. You know, he's he's Ted Bundy was an attractive dude. He was medium. He was medium. He's attractive for a monster. You'd be like, oh man, that monster. Let me show this to the camera, so hopefully people can see it a little bit, a little bit clearer. Let me show. Let me show at least show what I'm showing there. So if you're watching (laughs) the video episode, you should be able to see it. Can you see that? Can you see how? No, because it's too bright. It's too fucking bright. They look pretty. Oh, there you go. There you go. You can see it now. They look pretty similar. They look pretty good. He looks like if I walked into a bowling alley and asked for the manager. That's the dude that would come out. Like, yeah, but he not... was like the manager who used to get like mad pussy when he was younger. Like, no. Yeah. No. 100%. The only... Hey, these shoes are on the house, babe. Ooh, what's in your van? Maybe if you... in pieces. And then, you know, that you the rest we know. I always thought... I've definitely I've definitely had sex with some women who were fucking sociopaths. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. You, um, oh man, who was I thinking of? Uh, bu- 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 oh, Candace Owens. That, um, I thought you were just like about to out one of my no, ex lovers. Oh, be- that bitch, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding, all right, yeah, let's talk about my crazy exes. Um, I think there's only one who's Alice Owens, Candace Owens. She's like this, uh, right wing commentator, but you can just tell by the stuff she's puppeting, like it's only about power and charm, and there's like no core human inside of her, and it's just terrifying. I'm like, that's a shark. Candace Owens. She's a comic, is she? No, no, no. She's uh, just a comic. Oh, wait. This is the super... She used to be an actress. Mm-hmm. Was this the girl who... No, wait. Is this the girl who was on um, Mean Girls? Um, no, no, no. That's um, Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash is a bit like this chick, though. Yeah. Super smoking hot woman of color. But then Absolutely. just her politics are so fucking yeah. retarded. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Candace Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? She's a she's a right wing commentator as well, is she? I just feel like she is associate. Like, there's so many of them that are like puppeting this. I know hate exactly speech, what you know? all of my black comedian friends would call her. What? And it begins with C and it ends with N. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's what she is. She hates her own. She hates her own people. She's. But I don't she know that Trump. she even. I don't know that she believes it. I think she's just looking for a power grab. She's pro pro Trump. Pro Trump. If you wear a MAGA hat and you're a woman of color, then you're either doing it to get. Just to get, you know, 500,000 followers on your I Instagram account. I think that's what it is. There's plenty of guys who go, yeah, this this black chick knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Make America great again. Get rid of all them, them uh, brown people. Except this one, she's okay. <laughs> you know? Or she's um, damaged. Mm. She could have been like, you know what? I think there's also, we forget. Don't get me wrong. Someone like Ann Coulter. Like Ann Coulter and I. That's I, a sociopath. She, I'm, well, so I went on a I went on a date with Ann Coulter. But that's the thing is she's charming. I've seen her. <laughs> Crazy in person. charming. She's friends with Sherrod Small. But that's what a sociopath would York, do. Right? And Sherrod's a very successful comedian back in New York, and he's friends with her. And I met her through him, and she was very charming, very funny, very engaging. And I was like, all right, she's old, but she's like an older chick. Who I, whatever. If she wants yeah. to like, 
if she wants to have a night where, you know, I fuck her over the balcony of a building, why not? Fuck it. I was new to New York. Let's do it. Yeah. Then I hung out with her one night, ended up getting drunk, fingering in the back of a taxi cab, New York taxi cab. And then I thought, I should find out what's this woman and about? Something bit Some- your finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a vagina chopped off the tip of my finger. Um, no, and then I uh, and then I looked her up online. I was like, oh God, I finger the devil. <laughs> And I don't think she's. I don't I even. The devil. And here's the deal: is that she's. It was such so, so, such a confusing process because she's such a charming woman. But that's how those sociopaths are. It's like they're super charming. They have great interpersonal skills, but then there's just nothing. There's just nothing. They have no empathy for human no empathy. Like other yeah. Humans. But um. Wow. Right. Yeah. Like, think I about- should have known because actually, when I started to touch her in the back of the cab, she did start speaking in tongues. <laughs> A portal did. And I was like, and it was weird. And there was like a, there was like an aura. And the portal opened. You're like, wow, New York taxis are weird. Right? Yeah. We got home really quick, actually. <laughs> it was like instantaneous. All right. Yeah, it's all becoming clear now. Um, and she's like that probably, Candace Owens. Mm-hmm. Stacey Dash, that one. I mean, that's such a travesty because she's got to be one of the single most attractive women on this planet. And yet abhorrent ideologies yeah. about the world and especially for herself but also who the fuck am I to say what Stacey Dash should believe in good for her crack on crack on crack on does she affect my life in any way shape or form no unless I let her does that make sense I just think yeah. that's sad like, yeah super sad super sad but what if you if you one day if you decided that you uh, imagine look Trump's out of power mm-hmm. and down the line I, I mean I'm infinitely more tired with democratic politics than I have been in my entire life mm-hmm. And I still consider myself left of the center, but I'm infinitely more centrist than I was. Now, I'm because I'm just seeing lunatics everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to associate with the far right wing, of course, because they're fucking nutjobs. But I also think far left are mm-hmm. a bunch of nutjobs now as well. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's like, all right, well, maybe, maybe in the future, you never know. Imagine, look, Trump's out of power, new leader of the Republican Party. Imagine the Democratic Party go so overtly over PC left and are trying to be super woke, but to the point where they are detrimental to the progressive nature of society. Mm-hmm. And someone comes into power in the right wing and the Republican side of things that's a little bit more balanced. You never know. One day you might end up voting that way. Yeah, party switch. I mean, I'm not really worried about what party it is so much as I am what beliefs I have. It's her day-to-day morals and ethics. Yeah. And Stacey and Candice not really rocking the best morals and ethics. Mm-mm. Yeah. But super hot though. <laughs> you know, there seems to be a theme with that because there's that chick, that Tommy Lauren chick, right? Yeah. Is a fucking moron. She's a moron. And <laughs> it's all sensationalism. She's doing it for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's absolutely doing it for likes and sensation. Like Alex Jones, you know, it's that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But again, she's very attractive. Physically attractive. Yeah. Not as a person. And then again, wait, and then what about that chick from the NRA? Did you also Who's finger her in the no, back? no. No, no, but because I had pre prior knowledge of what kind of a person she is, so uh, so um, I would I'm never forgetting. Do that. I know who you're talking about from the NRA, but I'm forgetting that, her name with a brunette mm-hmm. who's again super smoking, but like such a fucking asshole. Yeah. God, maybe we need to send them to the farm. We need to get them on Doctor Phil. Send them all <laughs> off to the farm to just become a little bit better as people. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I've started to like be a bit careful about about my politics in humor i've been doing lots of shows in vegas right mm-hmm. and it's a very red state and i still want to make jokes that 
highlight the ludicrous nature of this fucking moron who's running yeah. the country right now. And I do, but I have to do it in a way that is not, uh, in a way that doesn't shit on a Republican person's stance as just being allowed to vote right wing. Yeah. I go, you can vote right wing and that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a racist or homophobe or, or you know. The problem is, is that right now, obviously, the person who represents the highest form of power within that party is all of those things. So that's kind of... Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's getting harder and harder for me to have sympathy for those people. It's like, grow the fuck up. You know Do you have I mean? sympathy for far left, though? Um, Well, it depends on what part you mean of the far left. Like, if you mean like Antifa. The- yeah, let's talk about Antifa. Um, I mean, I don't have, because Antifa's kind of bigged up as this giant presence, but I've only, I've been to protests. I only ever see like a few of them. Like they don't really seem to be as much of a thing as the media makes them out to be. You've been to Antifa protests? No, 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 not Antifa protests, but like they'll show up at like Black Lives Matter or like something like that. Like that's, and they'll be like, look at Antifa. And it's like four people. You know what I mean? It's not, I don't know. Well, there's so many different, differing views of, of what, of, of different situations, depending on which news and i use that term very yeah. loosely because none of it's real on either side of the fence anymore now i mean like I, I in vegas i had to watch fox news every day in the lunchroom because that was all that was on in the fox is employees. a joke yeah it is a joke but then so cnn you know there's a huge amount of cnn that i'm just like mm, still... this is sensationalized to, to one side yeah sensational but there's still a degree i feel like of journalistic integrity nah, i don't think so Where? i think it's i think it's all self-serving to whatever whatever wherever their funding comes from Whatever, where, whatever their funding comes from, whatever political alignments the owners of those stations I have, I still that think is CNN massively... is definitely better than Fox News. Well, I don't know. I think they're both pretty bad. Fox is Fox is a comical. It's comical how yeah. cheesy it is and how how our glorious leader. It's really like North Korean TV. And they've like but aired CNN, conspiracy theories and they stuff choose like their that. Pundits. They choose not... their pundits, though. CNN. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But CNN it's choose their good. pundits based on you know the the gender they want to promote. I just feel like we need to find our news source in, in on a more one-to-one human basis. Does yeah. that make sense? So, well, oh, if you're a racist right-wing Republican, you, rather than watching the news, you should go, I think this is what black people are like. Why don't I go meet some black people? Do you know what I'm saying? Honestly. Yeah. And the same with left-wing. I, I, I made a decision to go, I'm not going to block right-wing voices. I'm going to listen to them and see what they're saying and see how I, how mm-hmm. I, where I can find empathy with them and connections well it's not like i don't look at them like they're human beings or they're bad people but it's like i'm not gonna sit here and act like i don't think you're a fucking idiot like when there's a giant wealth gap and like Mm. you're arguing against and i think most of them are like starting to realize that the that there is no true constituency behind some of the right-wing republican policies of trickle-down economics tax cuts on billionaires but when they talk about like socialized program like we don't support socialism i'm like your sidewalks the fire department you love the fire department you love firefighters that's socialism mm, yeah yeah grow the fuck up like that annoys the shit out of me because well, that's a lack of education problem. though isn't it yeah it does and that's and that's the thing it's like it's not like i hate them but i'm not gonna sit here and be like well your left side right side your views i'm like no what you think is stupid and i'm sorry like i don't have patience for it anymore I- Ah, see now, no, but that's the bit I'm going to catch you on because this is the this is where I think we have to go. Is you we have to if if I, I can't in my half heart say that I'm a left wing guy who would like the world to be more progressive mm. and equal. 
across I'm the board, not like gonna unless say... I'm willing to get part to pass on my my own personal wisdom, knowledge, experiences, and educate people. Yeah, I can't no, just go, I got I no think... fucking patience for you idiots anymore. Because if as soon as you do that, that's when people go, well then, fuck you, let liberal brown girl. I'm going to become more and more right wing, or vice versa. But fuck you, right is, wing. I'm going to become I more and more. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like I'm just oh, okay. tired of it having to be my responsibility. Like every time I walk into a room and I'm the only woman there, like this would happen several times. Would be like, what do you think of this? And I'm like. I'm just trying to fucking live my... I don't always have the energy to sit here and argue with people. And it's not my fucking responsibility. I'm busy enough writing jokes about this shit. And it's like, I'll share my viewpoint. For an Australian alcoholic. I can't like... I can't also, you know... But the thing is like, I'll share my viewpoint. I'll talk to people. Like I do... That's part of what I do on stage. But it's like, if you want to... If somebody wants to come up to me after a show and be like, well, I disagree. I'm not necessarily going to sit down and talk to you. Like there are people who have the patience for... I mean, there was like that... um, that documentary about that black man that would befriend clans members and slowly eat dinner with them and turn them over time. It's like, I'm not that motherfucker. Like, I don't have patience for that. I've yeah. never had patience for that. It's like, do I think it's worth talking to you and debating you? And like, yeah, at some point, but well, so it's what also do you, what do you like, cook for like a, what do you cook for like a Ku Klux Klan member? <laughs> Cause their palate, I mean, let's Nothing be honest, they're not going to really. season their food, are they? So it's going to be like Cheetos. <laughs> Is that is that all the KKK? That's gonna be. That's gonna. That, I feel like that's a bad sponsorship, right there. <laughs> um, you know what? I got to do a. I got to do a read. Yeah. I didn't do it halfway through the podcast. So we're almost at the end. Um, so I might just like we'll. we'll I'll, I'll segment this in. Yeah. This is the part. This is the part of the podcast where I'm going to segment the read in. Hey, Suba. You know what? How, how do, do, do you, you you maintain your personal appearance? Yeah, you look very well put together. Your hair looks wonderful. You know your skin is glowing. Not a blemish. I feel very envious. I get little blemishes sometimes. Uh, no, I don't have the best skin. But you know, f- you like your men groomed as well, right? And looked yeah. after. I, I saw your ha- your boyfriend, a very handsome man. Looked like he had a wonderful, nice beard as well. Nice little bit of facial hair. Mm-hmm. Does he take care of the downstairs? Yeah, hair? he does. It's funny you should say that because me too. I like to uh, I like to manscape up, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we've got a brand new sponsor on the podcast. I mentioned them at the beginning of the podcast, manscaped.com, and now looking after this podcast. And uh, and they sent me some kit. They sent me this. It's called the Lawnmower <laughs> 2.0. It's a great name. They're a funny company that seem to embrace the the necessity of their products, but also the lunacy of what it is, right? We're we're 21st century now. Men have to look good. We've got to feel good. I'm a hairy dude. I'm a big, hasute individual. I'm six foot four. I'm covered head to toe. I'm not going to lie to you, Suba. If I didn't take care of my business, I don't even know if I could braid my ass hair by now. <laughs> I probably could. Fortunately, ladies and gentlemen, you can get some amazing products, manscaped.com. Uh, and you can check out the lawnmower too. I've been using it. It's got this like no nick technology. It's called skin safe technology. And it stops you from nicking your testicles. I know, Suba, that's... A big problem That's for me. That's a common issue for you. Yeah. I remember you um, <laughs> texting me maybe a month ago and just being like, oh, shit, it's happened again. And we had to rush you to A&E mm-hmm. to sew up your <laughs> testicle sack because you would try to, you know, show a little sugar to daddy mm-hmm. on his birthday. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you went a little bit too deep with the blade. That will never happen with Manscaped.com products. It just doesn't happen. The lawnmower has this skin safe technology. You can run it right across that soft skin. Trust me. And I, I'm a man who used to like use razors multi-blade razors and it would take me hours to do this thing has got an hour battery life full charge so you can do every part of your body in one sitting boom 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 do it in the bathroom by the way do it in the bath do all the shaving in the bath then you collect the hair together put it down the toilet flush it that way you won't get a block plug i Don't prefer do the that. Thing. 
post office. That's where I do most of my... You do it in the post yeah. office just directly? Just get down there. Why not spread yeah. the word of manscaped.com <laughs> to the people directly? Uh, and here's the best part. It's 100% waterproof, shock resistant, lasts for an hour and a full charge. You're never going to snag your nuts. Your testicles are going to thank you. You're going to hear them halfway through the, 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 the trimming experience. Thanks, Jeff. You'll be like, whoa, <laughs> was that? Did my testicles just become sentient because of this product? Um, but I but I jest and I'm also deadly serious. I think if you're a man, you want to maintain yourself and you want to potentially land yourself a woman as intelligent, as funny as Suba, then you're <laughs> going to have to take care of your downstairs business like I do um, and like a wonderful boyfriend does. Uh, you get 20% off as well. If you go to manscaped.com and use the code LEACH, that's L-E-A-C-H, or maybe it's going to be the code SAVAGE. Try both codes. <laughs> no, because we were going to change the codes. Yeah. LEACH or SAVAGE. Check it out. Pop it in the website. You'll get 20% off all of their products. Check it out. Let me know. Don't send me photos. I don't want to see... Well, actually, don't send me photos of your testicles shaved, but you can DM me photos of amusingly shaved pubic hair. I'll look at that. Maybe I'll rate and review them next time on the podcast. Check them out. Manscaped.com. Uh, use that code, Savage or Leech, for 20% off all of their products. All right, there you go. I'm glad we got that out. Yeah. Um, Manscaping, it's an important thing for men to do. It is. And I just wanted to clarify, I'm not saying that those people don't deserve to be educated or like talk to. I just feel like sometimes when you're part of... <laughs> just like, I've just talked about my nuts no, being just... shaved for five minutes and you're like, let me just clarify, okay? <laughs> I just felt bad. I felt bad. It's just um, sometimes when you are specifically of a certain group, people just automatically expect you to be that ambassador for that viewpoint and they want to talk to you about it. And I haven't always had the mental strength to sit there and argue with people and it can be really tiring. Um, I do think it's important and I do think there are people who are better equipped for it. I don't have good personal skills. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be patient and friendly. Like I might accidentally say some shit. So it's like I don't think I'm the one for that job. I think that's an important job. I don't think I'm that bitch. That's what I'm trying to say. I think here's the deal. I get what you're saying. You don't have to. It's not your responsibility to do that. However, as professional orators, which yeah. we really are, who are sharing our thoughts on the world. Yeah. Um, I find that we invite, we open up the door just by sharing our lives, sharing our thoughts in a very public manner and a professional manner. Oh, yeah. We invite people to want to debate and talk with us. Arguing is never going to solve anything. If As soon as it turns into an argument, it's best just to go, hey, but listen, that's... we should probably stop and say that now while we're still civil. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, having a conversation, I think, is important. You know, I think I think it really is important. If it's somebody wants to talk, but the problem is, like, it's very rarely that someone comes up to you to have a conversation. Sure, they come up to go, here's why I disagree with exactly. you, and you're wrong, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't have a lot of energy for you're that. Like, like yeah. online or in person, it's like, I can't, you yeah. know? I but. understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Do you think there's ever going to be a point where we're all going to just find something new to f- fight about maybe maybe eventually we'll all interbreed so much you're already doing the god's work <laughs> me too actually i mean we're yeah. both like you're well me and your boyfriend i don't want to say it's us doing it it's probably <laughs> the ladies of color who are leading that charge right you've selected us otherwise i can't possibly claim that white men are white straight men doing it once again for you guys you're welcome you're welcome world just out there having sex with beautiful women of color to ensure that in future we're all the same color <laughs> When we're all a light brown color, like coffee brown color, and we're all kind of the same race, the new thing will be, it'll just be money. That's what we really argue about. Yeah. England's all about class. It's not about race. 
as much. Yeah. There's racism in England, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I'm not denying that. But I think we're infinitely more multicultural and happy with our, our racial differences and accepting of them than uh, the majority of America is. Although Brexit maybe would suggest otherwise. Maybe, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you know, actually the BMP and all the other different, you know, UKIP yeah. and all these other different very right-wing... Oh, actually, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm just... You know what? Actually, this is... No, look, 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 this is the thing I want to I I very quickly at the end discuss with you. I have... This is why it's great to have someone like you probably on a writing team like Jim Jeffrey's show because it does give a very unique... Um, on a number of different realms, woman of color, woman, et cetera, et cetera, living in a yeah. Western world, you know, with a, a cultural upbringing that was very different to maybe the American upbringing, standard American upbringing. Um, I base my experience of what I think the world is like on my own personal experience, which is all we can really do. Mm-hmm. But I grew up in such a multicultural area, surrounded by people pretty, pretty accepting of each other. We made racist jokes about each other mm-hmm. all the time, but there was plenty of fucking jokes about white kids yeah. as they were like that was kind of how we became not racist yeah by f- laughing about our differences and um i still think that that's what the world is like i'm like nah for the most part we're pretty good progressive people but maybe i'm in the minority yeah um i don't i can't say if the majority of people are racist or not racist i think we're all you have- haven't done the full <laughs> You haven't done a full survey yet? Not yet. I'm still waiting. Well, for fuck's sake, Super. Come I mean, on. people take forever to mail back the slip. I mean, whose uh, fault is that? Um, that's because the postal service sucks <laughs> dick here. USPS, what are you doing? Come on, sort your life out. But I think, um, especially in this country, when it has such a racial, like a racist foundation, um, it's kind of in the foundation and better in the way we police and the way things are talked about in our media. So it's like all of these subtle things about society that are institutionalized yeah. that makes it a problem. So I think, I don't know that even if you aren't overtly or you don't think you're racist, you're constantly exposed to these ideas and these tendencies sure. um, where it's like they did that subconscious to us. We're like, um, I forget what it was, but it was like people were way more likely to think a black person was holding a gun than a white person just mm-hmm. based off of like your subconscious because of the images you're fed because of this institutional. They look cooler story. as well when they hold guns, don't they? <laughs> don't black guys but, look way cooler holding a gun? If I see a white guy holding a gun, I'm like, ah, oh, he fucks his cousin. When oh, I see a I black see- guy holding a gun, I'm like, Tupac? <laughs> but I'm just, I think... Um, it's like like being an Asian guy. Like if you're, if, you're, if you're a Japanese guy and you are super muscular, doesn't look right. <laughs> it doesn't look right. But if you're like powerful and wiry i'm like there you go that's that guy fucking yeah he's he, he fucking you know he kicks <laughs> he kicks that guy kicks is that what you say when you say want to impress girls there's a guy Not like a kick. a kick babe i don't know if you know but uh, a kick um no there's a there's a there's a there's a stacked asian dude at my gym yeah and he's like just huge yeah bodybuilder huge i don't like that on anyone though it's, well, it's, it's fine fucking yeah weird. yeah but it trust me it looks even funnier it looks funny when it's a white dude who's just like, what, what, just like balloons all over his body. And it's funny when it's a black guy with balloons all over his body. But when it's an Asian guy with balloons all over his body, you're like, you, you work 10 times as hard to get that. <laughs> and it looks hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. That's like if you, if you saw a Brit who didn't look a bit faggy, you'd be like, come on. No? Just saying. But um... <laughs> you're like, I refuse to, I refuse to comment on any of what you've just said. I'm not gonna 
carry on the joke to establish that it was humor <laughs> and it's not necessarily exactly how you think. You're just uh, saying some funny things. I'm going to completely remove myself from this conversation and make you look like a picture. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks, Suba, for not backing me up on that. Appreciate it. <laughs> Pleasure. Um, I don't know. Is there things that you're not expected to be as a brown woman in this country? What are things that, like, being a comic, surely that's that's a thing that's not identifiable it's normally. Very subtle, you know, where it's like I might be headlining a show, but, like, sometimes the tech people will just automatically talk to an opener that I brought because yeah, he's yeah. a white guy. What is that? And they go, oh, is this your accountant? Or... <laughs> Who's, yeah, they, they, who's this lady? She? they just assume I'm like a girlfriend or something. Like they don't think that I'm in charge right away. And it's yeah. not, and again, that's not like, oh, you're a bad person. You're like outwardly trying to discriminate. That's just internalized misogyny because of like the history and the way this country is built. Oh my God. It's all internalized. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? I don't know. I, um, I, I think I just have, uh, I think I have uh, a very a very maybe i have to assess the fact that i have a very specific and uh subjective view of how progressed the world can be and mostly is because you know i think i'm friends with people who are very you know progressive yeah so i think people like that but i mean you're in a bubble in la Oh, no, no, 100%. But I'm aware of that. That's why I opened yeah. up my uh, social media, for instance, yeah. to lots of right-wing people now. I, I accept messages from everyone and I have this follow program that follows people and I, there are lots of the people I'm following now and it, and it follows and unfollows yeah. to bring new viewers in. But look, for instance, Compound Media in New York is mm -hmm. a home of free speech and it's a it's Anthony Cumia's yeah, yeah, net yeah. podcast network. Um, I, appeared on, I appeared on his show a lot of times mm. and for the first, definitely the first appearance, but for maybe two appearances... All I got was like a torrent of about 10 to 15 guys online, you know, going, you fucking fag, libtard, cuck, fag, fag, libtard, cuck, cuck, fucking cucktard. You cucktard, cucktard. That's a new one. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Fagtard. You're a fagtard. You're a cuckfortard. A fag cucktard. Fag cucktard. Honestly making me hungry. Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, really? Uh, it does sound like some kind of Moroccan dish. Ah, yes, tonight we will eat cock fag tart. So, with rice. With rice, of course, and dates. Um, shocking. But then um, what happened is uh, after two appearances, they started to go... It's amazing how being exposed to me as a comic who mm -hmm. definitely sits left of center, they go, oh, actually, this guy is able to make jokes that aren't you know, that aren't being def, def, uh, you know, a, a, fake, a fake care for of overt PC yeah. nature. Like, I, I, I'm not. I'm going to make jokes. If they're funny jokes, they're funny jokes. Mm -hmm. If they're designed to hurt someone, I won't make those yeah. jokes. I'm not trying to hurt people. But also, they've started reaching out now and going, you know what? We really love... Those same people are following me now on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and they send me messages every time I appear now. Been on about four or five more yeah. times. And they go, love Leech being on the show because... It's nice to hear someone who's balanced projecting a different viewpoint than what we might necessarily agree with yeah, in a way that isn't judgmental of what we believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. I, I got shit from one comic, uh, a, a comic, a very super woke comic was like, ugh, you go on Anthony Cumia's show. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Do you not know what he's like? I'm like, yo, first of all, no, I don't. I'm from England. But motherfucker, I moved here three years ago and I do stand up. If someone wants to put me on a comedy podcast, I will go on their po comedy podcast and I will try and be funny to garner new fans. That's my mm. job. So don't judge me for that. Secondly, 
I'm changing the way some of the people who watch that show think about the world right. by being funny and presenting a different viewpoint without judging them. Right. So yeah, I should go on that. I should go on every right-wing show I can and go, hey, by the way, I'm left-wing, but I'm not going to tell you you're all scumbags. I'm yeah. going to listen to you. And if you are saying something outlandish, I'll go, well, well maybe here's a different fact that you haven't been presented with that might change your mind on that. Right. And what I'm saying is, when are you going to appear on Alex Jones' Infowars? <laughs> and how can we make that happen? I'm waiting for the lawsuits against him to settle. I think he's a little busy right now. Is he? Yeah. I mean, the frogs, though, you know, they're out there still gay, aren't they? <laughs> still gay. All right. Listen, Suba, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was nice to have you. Yeah, I happy felt to be like here. the entire hour and 12 minutes, you've been borderline terrified. <laughs> no. Seriously. <laughs> I, I think anyone who's watching this, the viewers at the end of this, are no. going to re If you've just listened to this podcast or watched it, watch it actually, because then you can see the small, the moments on Suba's face where she's like, <gasps> In, internally. That's what I feel like. You're screaming a little inside. And what's not helped it is that after you're, you telling me that you have this PTSD from these horrendous people and like hurt, trying to hurt you and this guy trying to hurt you and then sat, kids at school scaring you. We've had numerous terrifying sounds. <laughs> there's there's some kind of construction going on next door on a big apartment and we just heard crashing and banging and soaring and police sirens. And I'm so sorry, but you've passed the test, Suba. I actually the whole thing has been orchestrated. It was a test. And you passed. And you're cured now. Oh, that's great. You're welcome. That's $150. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, please do me a favor and make sure you support this very talented young woman uh, as she inevitably blows up to be one of the biggest uh, comics, oh. I think, in the country. Um, she's already doing amazing things. Make sure you check out the Jim Jeffrey Show on Comedy Central. She is one of the writers on that. Uh, make sure also catch her live. You can check her website, which is... Subacomedy.com. Suba, that's spelled S-U-B-A-H. H-A-H. Oh, sorry, H-A. <laughs> what, what? Sorry, saying again? S-U-B-H-A-H. Oh, H-A-H. I missed the extra H. I, so I apologize. And I, I tested myself to see if I can remember that. Very <laughs> and I lost it over an hour and 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Uh, so S-U-B-H-A-H. -H, mm -hmm. Comedy.com. And she has all her live dates up there. And also tours around colleges as well. And then also check her out on social media. Uh, Twitter, it's at Suba, S-U-B-H-A-H. -H, and Instagram, there's another A on the end of that. So S-U-B-H-A-H-A. What, why? Because someone already had Suba on there. Yeah, somebody already took Suba. Fuck, man. You know what? You're about the fourth comic in the last month that has had their Matt O'Brien, same thing. Had someone oh, really? say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, do you know what she's like? No, I actually don't know. I forgot what it was. Let me have a look. I'm going to send her a message right now and tell her that she needs to give up that username. <laughs> I'm going to give someone else PTSD. <laughs> hey, I was hanging out with the real Suba. Um uh, well, anyway, make sure you check her out, S-U-B-H-A-H-A, and uh, check her out live at some point in the, I guess, predominantly Los Angeles area. You mm -hmm. perform a lot, but you do travel around the country as well, yeah. right? Any gigs coming up you want to plug or any other shows? Um, No, just look on social media. I've got stuff coming up. You got so. a podcast yourself? No. Thank God. Ah! High five you. The only person in the fucking world who doesn't have a podcast yet. And I think that's a good thing. Too many of them, right? <laughs> However, ladies and gentlemen, savages, thank you very much for supporting us. Thank you very much for watching it. If you do want to support the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash savage snowflake. Also, make sure you check out our fantastic sponsors. Uh, use that code savage for 20% off or it might be leech. At the moment, it's set to leech, but I'm trying to get them to change it to savage. So use either leech or savage for the podcast 
um, code on uh, manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off all their amazing products, including that skin safe technology, beautiful lawnmower 2.0, which has now given me the softest balls I think I've ever felt. Uh, no one else is ever going to feel them, but that's okay. I just sit in the mirror and just rub lotion into them. Uh, or also go to Boundless Tech, that's B N D L S Tech.com, to get some of that amazing vape technology from our friends there. Use code SAVAGE for 10% discount on all of their vape tech and get yourself high and have a good time. Thanks for coming on, Suba. Thank you. Thank you, Savages. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>